This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. Well, good Wednesday morning, everybody. Thank you for joining us. I am Glenda Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings in Norman, Oklahoma. You're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for February 13th, episode 2117, brought to you by Horselovers.com. Good morning, Horse World. Everybody up, rise and shine. It's a new day. It's Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday. Here we can go again. And away we go. Well, good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining us. I appreciate all the uh, well wishes I got while I was out. Uh, It was a typical Lyme attack. So uh, back today and uh, happy to be here. Uh, And also there's good news for horses in Britain. Apparently the British Horse Racing Commission announced that racing would return today after a six-day shutdown because of equine flu. They canceled 23 race meets. When when they're serious about not making the flu spread, they're serious. Uh, they ordered that uh, they could that every entry into races today would have to have proof of vaccination for equine flu uh, in the previous six months, and all trainers are required to provide health declarations. I thought that would be required anyway, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> yeah, but this is this is I mean this is rampant. They freaked out. And your sound is terrible. Are you do do? Is anybody else uh, on with you? I don't think anybody's here. Hang up on me and call me back. Let me go holler around the house, see if anybody's home with their what. Okay. <laughs> well, she sounds terrible, Jemmy. Are you here? I am here. Oh, good. I'm glad to hear it. Well, let me uh, see if I can get <laughs> Jamie back. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so uh, apparently they ran around Britain doing uh, several thousand tests uh, at 140 stables across the country. So when they say they're wow. serious about making sure that the horses are healthy before they go back to racing, they're serious. They did not want this thing spreading <laughs> like crazy. So apparently... I'm it telling was- you, I need some of them to come visit my son's school and get parents to keep their kids home when they have germs. Can we do that? <laughs> you know, <laughs> take that seriously. You know, schools get all upset when kids are out. How many days is it at your school till they have to give show a path the doctor's excuse is it three two you know what i don't actually know i've only kept him homesick one time and it was this last uh this last couple of weeks and he was out sick for so long i just assumed (laughs) (laughs) otherwise he's never been out sick really so i don't know i kept lucas home just about a half day last week because and we go into the school and they're like um, what is your excuse for your absence? And she had like that pad. She was going to check excused or unexcused. And Lucas goes, I threw up in my bed. She checked excused. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime they're throwing up, it's, it's good. It, that's, that's, that's safe. <laughs> Hit the point in the bed, which was really fun for me. Mm. That is fun. 
Uh-huh. Good times. <laughs> I'm glad I don't have kids. Uh, what is coming up on today's show, Jemmy? Oh, man. On today's show and our horse health report, Dr. Madison Siemens comes on because the deworming landscape is changing and we're all very confused. Caroline Treason and her daughter, Devin, both qualify for the AEC and they are joining in to talk about venting. And Justine from Heels Down talks to us about riding through anxiety and then stays on with us as we get into a whole bunch of Valentine's Day stuff for Crappy List Wednesday. Hopefully those two topics are completely unrelated. So you don't want to miss any of it. It's going to be a packed show as always today, guys. And speaking of today, today is World Radio Day. So let's all behave accordingly, guys. Nothing but professional. Um, no, that means that we are doing our best to put radio out of business. That's our goal on World <laughs> yeah. Radio Day. Let's do our best not to be radio. Daily Winnie time. I think we do a good job of that, Jamie, not being radio. Um, not an issue here, no. <laughs> well, my Daily Winnie goes out to two people that regular listeners are going to be very familiar with. They last year were called the Double Ds from Texas, and you might remember them from the Mongol Derby, and that's Devin and Dory, Devin Horn and Dory Hertel. They were honored uh, yesterday by the city of Houston. Get this, Jamie. They were they got their own day. City of Houston, the mayor proclaimed February 12th, Dory and Devon Day. Wow. And why they got that, they got these huge plaques. I mean, half the size of them. They got these huge plaques. Uh, Dr. Dory was honored for her work caring for the Houston Police Department Mounted Patrol Officers' Horses. And her dedication to the Houston Intercontinental Airport's Mounted Ranger Volunteer Program. And uh, Devin was recognized for her work with the Rangers, and both were commended for their Mongol Derby finishes, representing what it means to be Texas tough. Uh, Devin said she was over the moon to make a few new friends and possibilities to uh, advocate for Houston's wildlife parks and trail systems, which they ride on all the time. So, you know, congratulations to them. It's not every, it's not every horse person that gets a day proclaimed for them in a big city like Houston. That's amazing. So that is really cool. And congratulations to them. And there's Devin also taking advantage of trying to make sure that the trail systems stay open. So for good for her, too. Well, I know my sound is bad, but just so you know, we registered for fiber. So it's a coming. How soon? Uh, soon. Apparently, it's soon. Like, we signed up and, and made a deposit, Glenn. It's so be is that soon. this year, next year, soon in Oklahoma time might be five years. You're exactly right. And I can tell you no more than we've paid a deposit. <laughs> so you still don't get anything but soon? It's soon. soon. It's coming. It's coming. <laughs> but what my daily winning is, because I am really tired of commuting. And by commuting, I mean I have to drive a mile to my in-laws for their <laughs> awesome dial-up internet, which at least they have something because I couldn't do the show without it. And this morning, uh, currently I'm wrapped in a towel. Because I would like to thank my very, very awesome dog. She's an English shepherd, like a border collie kind of dog. Um, and I would like to thank her for launching into the car as I'm 
starting my commute, getting into the car, and I've got a cup of hot coffee oh, no. uh, in my hand. And then I've got a, a cup of coffee that like Chad had left in the center console. So I'm picking that old ass milk rose coffee. I pick it up and I'm putting my hot coffee in and out of nowhere, Kamikaze Zenyatta jumps into the car on top of me, blasting both cups of coffee all over me. I'm wearing uh, like a light colored sweatpant right now that is currently looks like a paint horse. <laughs> I am completely covered in coffee. And I'm like, <laughs> get out of the car, you stupid dog. God, dogs are fun. They're so fun. There Wonderful is one have. used car or truck you never want to buy. And that's a used car or truck of a horse girl. Oh, God, yeah. No, <laughs> don't do it. It's going to smell. It's going to have stains. It's going to have hay in places where hay shouldn't be. Chad came over this morning just, you know, again, it's a mile away. He's on the way to the golf course. So he comes over and he's like, hey, why are the windows down in the car? I'm like, we'll talk about it later. (laughs) (laughs) Don't ask. (laughs) Don't ask any questions. Well, before we get to our first guest, let's talk a little Valentine's Day is tomorrow. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Wait, I have a one more daily week. Oh, I just okay. have to tell you real quick that Winx is going for number 30 in a row this weekend. And I have no more information than that because I have no way to look at the internet right now because I, my sound is so terrible. So go Winx. It's going to be on Saturday. She's running. So I can't, uh, we're not going to be here Friday. So I wanted to pointed out today 30 for 30 baby all right we'll talk more about that on monday of next week all right valentine's day so happy valentine day there partner and happy valentine's day to all of our listeners so we're going to talk a little bit about valentine's day right now oklahoma style and then later in the show we're going to talk about the most expensive gifts you can buy your loved one on valentine's day and whether you'd even want any of the crap so that's coming up but right now oklahoma Okay, so I would like to point out that now people in Oklahoma are starting to realize how ridiculous Oklahoma is because my mother-in-law actually gave me this mailer. It's like a thing you get in the in the paper, uh, in that like section in the paper because they still get the paper here. Uh, that section of like coupons and stuff. Yep. And this is the Atwoods Ranch First of all, they still home. do papers, which is amazing to me every time I see one. My in-laws do papers. They read the paper every morning, and they, like, she clips coupons. You know, that's the whole thing. Um, they're grandparents. That's what they do. Yes. So, uh, this is the Atwoods. Atwoods Ranch and Home is, like, a tractor supply, but Oklahoma style. So, the fact that she saw this and she was like, you need to read this on your show, realize, makes me realize that Oklahoma people are starting to figure out how ridiculous they are. Okay, and I feel like I need to do all this in the Oklahoma accent because here's the thing. It is an Atwood Ranch and Home mailer in it on the top, very big, says, don't forget Valentine's Day is February 14th. Okay. (laughs) And so it's got a list of things that you can buy for your lady and things you can buy for your man. And they've got buys of the week. And starting with the ladies, we're going to go through the things that are for the ladies. Jemmy, are you here? Oh, she's getting guests on. Oh, she's going to, she needs to hear this, Glenn. This was, this was for her. I got this for her. Uh, The first thing you can buy your lady is a seven ounces of no man's land beef jerky, hot or mild. (laughs) You can buy your lady beef jerky. Uh, It's no man's land beef jerky, hot or mild. 
we've also, <laughs> hopefully, Jemmy, you are here now because you're going to hear that at Atwoods, one of the things you can buy for your lady is uh, for only $4.88 chocolate peanut clusters. <laughs> this is, again, for your lady. The next one is the salted nut roll, two for a dollar. I can't make that up. It's like well, really, really gross I mean, looking. And most then, ladies don't need more than one, but. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. You can get two for a dollar here. And then finally, you can buy your lady um garlic dill pickles for $6.99 a jar. You they also have spicy or sweet. They are really billing these as Valentine gifts. I am not kidding you. You can't make this up. I mean, I, I'll I'll show you a picture of it. I've made notes all over it. Uh for your for you, there's bow on it. It's Valentine's Day. <laughs> there's one more really special gift I'll get to for your lady, but that's that's the last. Uh for your man, for $18.99, you can get five to five gallons of 303 tractor hydraulic fluid. However, it's not available in Missouri. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! And Damn every Missouri dude. man right now just went want want. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted that. You can get a fifty to one two cycle oil and fuel mix for only three ninety nine. It's to Valentine's Day specials. You can get some five W twenty motor oil, and for nineteen ninety nine, one gallon heavy duty oil stabilizer or fuel treatment for your man. Plus the extra special bonus gift for your man. You got to get him a reclining chair. $50 off recliners. <laughs> Selection varies by location. Now, the final thing that you can get your woman for Valentine's Day, this is a special, special deal. You buy this. <laughs> Ready. If you go, I'm trying to think how to word this because it's so good. Um, they have purses. That they sell at Atwoods. And if you buy one of these special perch purses, you get your lady 10% off a regular price handgun. <laughs> <laughs> now, does the purse come in a variety of skins? Beaver skin, coon skin. You know what? They cut, you know, you know, the, the purses seem to be all kind of tannish color. And um, the, the guns, however, they got pink ones. They got pink ones. <laughs> 10% off a regular price handgun if you buy one of these concealed carry purses for your woman on Valentine's Day. Yeehaw! You know what I got for Valentine's Day? I got me a gun. <laughs> we all laugh, but you know there's someone out there who's like, holy cow, that's a great idea. That's a great deal. And it's pink. I'll take a picture. Okay, here it is. Well, the pink semi-automatic pistol that they are selling, it's pink in the gray, and it's $199. So you do the math, 10% off that. That's $20 off. You are, you're getting that for $179.99, man. Are the bullets, are the bullets well, pink, too? Um, that, they didn't sell the ammunition. Okay. So <laughs> it's not on sale, Glenn. It's not on sale. But they do have pink ladies. <laughs> All right, let's get to our guests. <laughs> <laughs>
So, so they are not from Oklahoma, and thankfully, probably at this point, they're glad they're not from Oklahoma. So we have Carol uh, <laughs> on here, and we also have her daughter, Devin. They are out of Atlanta, and we Carol's been on with us before because she is part of Animal Casting Atlanta, and I know she's been on our shows with Dr. Wendy before. Good morning, Carol. Good morning, Devin. Good morning. morning. How are you? Good. Let let me say that they are from Atlanta, which is where I am from. However, it's still Georgia. So they might get a pink handgun for Valentine's Day. You never know. It's (laughs) Georgia. That's true. (laughs) It's a possibility. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you guys, we have you on now, uh, not to talk about uh, sending animals to movies like we usually do, but for your achievements here in Ocala, was it last weekend, Carol? It was. Yeah. Yeah. So you were down here. Was it, at, it was at the Florida Horse Park, right? The horse trials there? Yes. The Ocala Winter One HD. So you were at the Ocala Horse Trials with your horse. And we're going to start with you and then, then we'll talk to Devin. And w- something very exciting happened this early in the season is that you did so well, you were quali- qualified for the American Eventing Championships. How cool is that? <laughs> we did. I'm super excited. You both did, which is really cool. So, first of all, tell us a little bit about your horse, because uh, your horse is an interesting specimen. <laughs> he is. He's a Frisian sport horse, but I call him a Frisian dork horse because he's a goofy guy and he has fancy feet. <laughs> Not uh, definitely the only one in the sport that I know of, now he's, in my area. He's only half Frisian, um, though, right? He's half sta- stand- saddlebred or is. something? He's a half Frisian, half saddlebred, yep. Yep, it's uh, called a Georgian Grand, and they're trying to recreate the old day saddlebred that was strong enough to plow the field all week and fancy enough to drive the family to church on Sundays. But and I've seen a lot of pictures of him. He is so cool looking. I mean, he looks different. He doesn't look like a. Thank you. I mean, his body kind of looks Frisianish, but he he's definitely got a different look. Right. Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah, he's a unique guy. Did they get the brain of the saddlebred? He does. He's got the heart, a huge heart. They are known for their endurance. They're right behind Arabians in endurance. And uh, so that helps, you know, the Frisians are not exactly endurance animals. So that helps with the cross country. And um, he's super, super smart. He learns a ton of tricks. And oh, wow. He's just a fun guy. He loves to try. He's got a huge heart. So how how so how did you do? I heard it was a tough course. We've had a lot of rain. And uh, I heard it was a tough <laughs> it course. It was really hard. <laughs> Yeah, my coach is like, she's always super good at building confidence. And even if she's worried about something, she won't tell me. But she looked me dead in the eye and said, eight through 13 is going to suck. <laughs> I was like, oh, God. <laughs> Jamie, That's don't you love good. hearing that from your coach before cross country? This is going to suck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, the worst thing like, you hear is, this. For this. listen, don't die. <laughs> don't don't, don't die. die. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So what was it? The water? Was it the water? My daughter out there. (laughs) Um, The first tough element was a full coffin on our course, which um, you don't see that often. Uh, And it had a huge ditch. And I was walking out to the Starbucks, and uh, my coach's coach, who is a former Olympic Olympic rider, said, "It's carnage out there." (laughs) You know, the announcer was like, "So and so just fell off, and so and so is having it. Somebody got stuck up on the bank and couldn't get off. It was awful." (sighs) <sighs> and we're not exactly usually you're walking to the Starbucks. Yeah, and that's not normal for Ocala. Usually the footing's perfect, the weather's perfect, and everybody in, so enjoys being oh, here. The footing was great. 
Yeah, the footing was great, and the, it was raining, but it wasn't terrible. Yeah. But the course itself was was designed. I th- but I think it ended up riding better than it looked like it was going to ride. But it it sure intimidated the riders. Did you finished on your dressage score? Uh, and in conditions like that, that's amazing. I did. I was so proud of my horse. He was such a good boy. And the show before this, uh, we were in the top of the pack and I was beating all the trainers and um, I was so happy with him. And I normally don't worry about cross country because he's a machine. I just point him in those big old saddle red ears, lock on and he goes. But um, so I was totally in the lead at the, the last event, not this one. And everything was great. And we head out to cross country and he was just fantastic. And, um, and then I got lost because I'd walked the course with some kids doing a younger, a lower level. And I walked their course with them and I accidentally started heading off that way. And I was like, oh, wait, why am I in a field all by myself? Where <laughs> there is everybody? And I'm looking at my clock and I'm like, oh, my God, I've got 45 seconds to finish six jumps. And I get back on course and I fly. And I'm like, then you've got to have the heart of a champion. You need to have the wings of an eagle. We've got to get us through on time. And we're hauling but around the course, I mean, not even setting up for the fence, just galloping them. And I crossed with two seconds to time still on board. I was like, oh, my God, that's perfect. You did six jumps so in 45 seconds? Happiness. <laughs> that's incredible. I did. It was ridiculous. <laughs> it was really not uh, not advised. And that's I was actually, crying for um, happiness. And then I... Called dangerous riding is what it's called. <laughs> yeah, well, they didn't flag her. <laughs> well, so here's the thing. Yeah, exactly. So I was crying for happiness, and then I hear the golf cart pull up, and it's the TD, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to get in trouble for dangerous riding. And he's like, ma'am, you've been eliminated. I was like, oh, no, what? And I jumped the wrong number three. Oh. But he said, you look like you were having so much fun. I just let you finish the car. <laughs> we didn't flag you down. <laughs> I was like, well, thank you, I guess. But there goes my whole lean. So um, I was like, so then this uh, competition cross country was also the final phase. And I was like, normally I don't have to worry about it, but Lord have mercy. So I got my redemption on cross country because I was in the tie for second. And I needed to get first or second to qualify for AECs. And the tiebreaker in eventing is he who comes closest to the optimum time on cross country. So I was like, okay, this is going to be my redemption. <laughs> and we got in with uh, four seconds on the clock. So we wow. beat the tiebreaker. Yay. Well, good but for thought, you. Wait, was, wait, wait. I'm confused. I thought you were eliminated because you jumped the wrong jump. That was a, the show before. Oh, that oh. was the last the yeah. show before. Yeah. Gotcha. Sorry, yeah, sorry. So this one I was in. Yeah, I was tied for second. Yeah, and and had a clear and my coach never tells me where I am in the placings because it it messes everything up. And last time I got my best dressage score ever, so my daughter was so excited she accidentally let it slip. So I knew I was doing well. And then this time, I my coach was like, "You need to be close to the optimum time." So I knew I was tied. I knew what she was saying was you were tied, you know. But I figured it was tied for maybe seventh or eighth, and I was going to get a ribbon out of a class of thirty three. You know, I mean, I would just be happy to get a ribbon. And so I went in the show, dumped and be bopped around. And it was good, and, and it was clear. And then the announcer said, "And she's tied for second place." <laughs> and I was like, just started sobbing coming out of the show jump ring, and everybody believed me like I was insane. And she was like, "Well, I guess there goes that little secret." <laughs> then we headed over to cross country and killed it. He was a beast. He was just fantastic. Well, congratulations. That is so cool. And it's so cool to be qualified this early in the season, too. Well, let's go to Devin. Devin, tell us a little about your horse. 
My horse is purpose bred for eventing, so she's been around a couple of courses and knows what she's doing, thankfully. <laughs> what kind is she? What 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 um, flavor? She's an Irish sport horse, so she's bred for the cold, so she has a huge coat and we just shaved it off. <laughs> <laughs> is she big? Is she uh how big is she? She's really big. She's seventeen one. Oh wow. And you're like she's very large, but that makes sense. I'm five ten. I'm really tall. But you're like fifteen or sixteen, right? You're not you're still teenager. I'm only fourteen. 14. Okay. So, yes. so yes. were you riding, uh, so you were riding in the same, what class did you do over the weekend? I was riding in the junior division of what my mom was doing. Okay. Got it. Novice. And, and how did you do? Um, it was really good. I had a rider error in my dressage test, which caused a couple penalties to be added. But other than that, the other three, two phases were absolutely amazing. Kite was just really doing well and flying around cross country with ease. So at 14, you also qualified. Did you, you qualified in the junior division for the ACs then? I did. I qualified in the junior novice. That's pretty cool. You know, I don't know, Jamie, but I think it's pretty cool when you're 14 and qualifying for the eventing championships. I'm 41. I can't get there. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. And when did you start riding Devin? You were pretty young when you started riding, weren't you? I've been riding since I was born, really. My mom rode whenever she was little, and then she got out of it a little bit whenever she had me, and then we got back into it whenever I was, like, four or five. Well, it's so cool to follow you. I follow you guys on Facebook, and I had to have you on today to congratulate both of you. And we'll keep following you, and now a bunch of listeners (laughs) will, too. Uh, Carol, where can everybody find you? I'm sorry, what Where can everybody find you to follow along at your progress? Oh, on Facebook, you mean? Yeah. I'm under Carol Lane Trisson, or you can follow um, our Animal Casting page, which is Animal Casting Atlanta. Very good. Carol Lane Trisson is T-R-E-S-A-N. Yep. Uh, we'll post a picture in our show notes yep. of you and your pony uh, celebrating after I stole that picture off your Facebook page. <laughs> I thought it was a great picture. I need to get one of Devin and I with our blue with our uh, red ribbons. Together. Yes, you definitely do. Real quick Don't before... Don't forget, you guys, red is first place in England. That's so, right. <laughs> That's right in Canada, too. <laughs> So real quick before you go, tell us, uh, what uh, do you have anything cool you can talk about coming up uh, for animal casting? Or are you under secrecy? Oh, um, well, I don't know whether... Um, I'll just say that everyone should definitely watch The Watchmen. It's going to be Game of Thrones. Oh, Game it's of Thrones? Be amazing. Okay. Uh, oh, my not, God. Yeah, you guys yeah, have dragons? Do you have dragons? <laughs> Yes, Carol has dragons. Devin rides a dragon. She's a chestnut mare. <laughs> that's, that's what that's what subs in for the dragons in Game of Thrones is, is her horse. <laughs> exactly. Well, exactly. Th- thank you, guys. Thank you both. Congratulations. Thanks, Glenn. Thanks thank for having you. Us. All right, bye. Okay, bye. <laughs> okay, there's two excited people. <laughs> That's Dude, very cool. it, it, can you imagine? Because the most excitement happens right when you come across the finish line on cross country, and p- you were walking back to the barn. People were like, "Ah, oh, how was your ride?" Expecting a 
It was good. You know, I had a great time. Yeah. And you're like, oh my God. Okay. So fence one, we like approached <laughs> and I got a little too close to it. And he like launched over it, got me a little unseated. Then we went to fence number two and fence number two was like a huge table. And so I got over the table and then three, you had to like make that right turn down to the ditch. And then I got down to the ditch and he like totally balked at it, but I just kicked him and he jumped over it. And then fence number four. And you're like, I got to go. Like, I don't have time <laughs> for this right Although, now. Although I will say that somebody I know has done that a few times on the show before. Okay, and then fence number five, <laughs> we were going up to. And I don't know who, water, but, but you had uh, to like jump a jump right before the water, so like <laughs> totally like that little stick. We might have heard that before on the show. Through. And then coming up, you had and to now it's time for a commercial. Horselovers.com. Horselovers.com. <laughs> <laughs> if you're late and you haven't done anything for your sweetie for Valentine's Day, they have Valentine's Day gifts at thirty percent off right now. Go buy them, have them shipped. Uh, well, just give her a you know IOU. Uh, who of us haven't haven't done that over the times? So just give her a card and say, I owe you a gift because they were late in giving it, getting it to me. You don't have to tell them you just ordered it the day before. But they have all kinds of jewelry. They actually have eight pages of stuff here for Valentine's gifts at Horse Lovers. And I would say it's a little better than the Oklahoma store. It's a, it's a little classier. Let me tell classier. you something else. You can buy yourself something for Valentine's Day. I mean, you know. Do it. That you're allowed, and it's there, thirty percent off right now. They also have all kinds of breeches on sale. Their deal of the days are seventy percent off of Devonair. God, do you remember when Devonair was the thing, and everybody wore back in the nineteen nineties? Devonair is a company that uh, you kind of don't hear about anymore, but everybody wore it. You you wore Devonair still, breeches back then. It's just I some, still have some. Do you still have Devonair? You don't hear anything about it because you don't run a tech shop anymore. That's true. That is probably true. But there are Devonair breaches on sale now. All kinds of Devonair products for 70% off. You got to go every day to horselovers.com, horselovers with a Z, and check out all the, the special deals. And now... It's time for the Horses in the Morning Horse Health Report. When our intrepid hosts, together with an unlucky member of the equine veterinary trade attempt to inform, enlighten, or terrify horse owners everywhere into funding a Kickstarter campaign to mass-produce Kevlar-coated, bubble-wrap-lined equine products. So by now, y'all know that Dr. Siemens made the mistake of answering a question for me on Christmas Day as an emergency. And since then, I've called him multiple times (laughs) to ask for help. And... Um, baby Zara, who's now two years old, has, has had a little bit of a cough and she just hasn't been looking really good. And now that I have a barn, I was able to bring her in and she pooped. This is really gross, but she pooped. There was like spaghetti noodle worms in her poop. Uh, and I wouldn't have seen that had I not had her in the stall to actually clean her stall. And I worm dewormed them with some gold, like, a month ago, less than a month ago, like three weeks ago. So I called Dr. Siemens. What do I do? And he's like, you know what? We're going to talk about it on the show. So good morning, Dr. Siemens. Good morning, Jamie. Uh, I've been listening on the phone here to the last few minutes of the show. And, and uh, have you reconsidered decaf perhaps? <laughs> That's me in real life. There's just, I don't even need coffee. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for that. Well, we, the, the the parasite thing is 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 changing and evolving, like everything in veterinary medicine. And, and uh, it's you know, if you think if you think back about the history of 
of of how we've been trying to manage this stuff over the last hundred years or so. A lot of this stuff sort of came about by accident. We we invented or, or discovered the first insecticides uh, by accident uh, over a hundred years ago. Now, one of the big chemical companies back east, I can't remember if it was Dow or DuPont or who it was, was actually working on anti-personnel nerve gases to use in war. And somebody noticed what? that the, the commissary, yeah, yeah. Somebody noticed that their that the the cafeteria in this plant uh, all of a sudden didn't have ants and roaches, and so they figured out right quick that it didn't take very much nerve gas to to be an insecticide. So that kind of morphed into its use in, in in the livestock industry to kill parasites of various forms, and and now we know that you know we can give a very very low dose of a very very toxic compound. And uh, and really kill a lot of bugs. Now the bad news about that is that somebody, you know, a hundred years ago, somebody gave a horse a dose of this stuff, and they saw a bunch of spaghetti in the bottom of the stall, and they sus- suspected that every horse was parasitized, and so every horse should re- should require, you know, a dose of this stuff periodically. And the old stuff was nasty. You didn't want to give it to a horse on an empty stomach. You didn't you didn't do it to pregnant mares, old horses, debilitated horses. I mean, it was nasty stuff. And it had to be given by a stomach tube. Well, fast forward to the 1970s, and they came out with the first of the paste warmers. And the first one was called Thibendazole, TBZ. And virtually overnight, everybody went from having their veterinarian stomach tube with the chlorinated hydrocarbon into their horse, and they went to the feed store, and for 8 bucks or however much it was, they bought a tube of uh, Thibendazole. Well, that worked pretty good for a few years, but then there became so much resistance to thibendazole, you can't even buy that stuff anymore. I've so, never even heard of uh, it. Then we'll, yeah, well, it's, it's, it's been gone for a while uh, because there's just so much resistance. Now, when we talk about resistance, we're not talking about resistance in the horse. We're talking about resistance in the bug, much the same way that bacteria have developed resistance to antibiotics, although that is a, that's a whole other can of sort of so to speak, <laughs> can of worms. Very, very complicated process. So we we don't even have the slightest inkling of why that happens, but just that it does. So fast forward, you know, back into the 2000s, probably around 2009 or 10, uh, Joy Watson at UC Davis did some interesting work on a naive population of horses in Northern California and found that 80% of these horses that had never been administered any kind of parasite, anti-parasite drug we're totally clean of parasites. So now we're looking at this thing. We know there's a lot of resistance out there of the parasite population to the four drugs that are on the market. There's many brands, but only four basic drugs. And uh, and we're looking at these things because of the resistance. And you just look at your average horse, at least in some parts of the country, and we're going to talk about that in a second. In the places where they don't really have much of a parasite population, we're recommending that you give them a drug that probably doesn't work for something they probably don't have. Mm. And the the logic there, the logic there sort of evades me. <laughs> but right. there are there are there are vast regional variations. Right. Yeah. And uh, so, are there less parasites in places where the the temperatures are colder? Yes. I've been I've been doing uh, fecal egg counts uh, for about ten years, and uh, in Idaho, probably ninety five percent of the horses that I test are completely clean. Really? Yes, but 
it gets more complicated. Okay, so the Gulf Coast states, you know, Florida, Louisiana, those places, even parts of Oklahoma where you have a real wet environment. I mean, you're basically living in a Petri dish. And so all kinds of diseases work in those, in those warm, humid environments that, uh, that don't live up here in the, in the high desert or the high mountainous ranges because of the, just because of our environment. So it's, it's got to be, we've got to look at it as, as, as some pretty wide regional variations. And our, the, the challenge here is that it just, it just gets more complicated. And so, you know, back in the day when, oh, we just, you know, shove some paste warmer in his face every eight weeks and we switch drugs and we're laughing. Well, things have changed quite a bit. So the recommendation has been to do fecal egg counts. And so we will treat the horses that are, that are parasitized. And when I say that, it, again, it varies with the region. And so for me in Idaho, when I see a, when I do a fecal egg count and I see one or two eggs in a, in a 40 power field, I consider that horse to be parasitized. Mm-hmm. I just talked to a colleague of mine down in Texas yesterday and, uh, he's seen thousands of eggs in a single field and that's what he calls parasitized. So, right. uh, you know, and we, and we look at some of these control measures and at the end of the day, we're, we're actually looking at herd health, not individual health. And, and our, and our fecal egg count may give us an idea of what's going on in the pasture more than it's given us an idea of what's going on in the individual horse. Okay. So it, it, so gets that, com- that's, it gets that, complicated. That's a lot to take in. Can you uncomplicate it for us a little bit? <laughs> Well, I, I wish I wish I could, <laughs> because because it because we're just dealing with so many factors that we never really understood before, and now we're you know good, all good research asks more questions than it answers, and believe me, there's a lot of good research out there about parasitism. So I, I think I think what we want to do is we need to approach this on a herd basis, and you can't just say because we've got one horse that's heavily parasitized that all of them are because there's a wide range of variation amongst individuals. But I think it's a good idea to go ahead and do some, there, some standard egg counts, go ahead and just take samples from each horse, label them, and then have them tested by the laboratory. And so that will give us an idea of the, of the level of parasitism. And, and basically, you're only, we're only looking at two different types of parasites. You're looking at strontiles and you're looking at ascarids. Ascarids are the roundworms. That, that's the spaghetti-looking stuff that you saw, saw after you gave the ivermectin the other day. Whereas the the uh, the strontiles are, are a much smaller worm. You'll see them occasionally, but you got to look for them. Uh, so if we can we can just do some testing on these horses, and probably the best time to do that is going to be the spring of the year, because that's when they're going to be shedding the most eggs, and so that will give you an idea of of the peak level of of egg shedding. But having said that, that does not necessarily mean that's your only problem because there are some parasites that stay embedded in the lining of the bowel that, uh, that, that aren't shedding a lot of eggs at, a, at any given time. So and, it's, it's going to be a, a herd-type management situation. And that's what has – I've done the fecal egg counts in the past. Obviously, every spring I try to get them done. And the, 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 there's some horses that shed strongyles. Uh, the the eggs and that they can see under the microscope when you send in your fecal egg counts and then and so some of the horses showed strongyles 
but then when I called the the lab, they said, oh, yeah, well, you know, go ahead and deworm all of them with this other type of dewormer because they don't show the large strongyle eggs or something like that. I can't remember the exact thing, but like yeah, I still had to deworm them. I don't get it. Yeah, there's 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 two flavors. Okay, there's uh, there's the small strong small strongyles. Oh. The, they're called cyathosomes, uh, and then there's the large strongyles. Okay, the cyathosomes you can't you can't tell the small from the large as far as their eggs are concerned, but the small strongyles those are those are the ones that get embedded, and those are the ones that won't typically shed a lot of eggs depending upon when you're looking at them. And there's there's just, it, it's not complicated enough, but there's there's another little aspect here called hypobiosis, and what that means is is that these things can go into a, a state of suspended animation in inside the wall of the of the colon and stay there for years and do nothing, absolutely nothing. So they're ju- they're just waiting for they're like Han so Solo in carbonite. It, it's precisely, precisely. <laughs> And so, you know, I mean, I guess, I guess we got, you got to back, just back up a notch or two and realize that horses have been here a long time and uh, much longer than there've been drug companies trying to sell us something to make them healthier. So, I mean, you, if you just look at your horse and he's carrying his weight, okay. And he's got a pretty good shine to his coat. When you look at it in the sunlight, even if it's, even if you haven't bathed him and shows you on yesterday, you can look at a horse and just kind of get a, a, an idea that this is a pretty healthy horse. So I don't I, I think this is something that we we might worry about too much. Uh, I think it's something we need to try to, to try to understand a little bit better and try to control. But I don't just shove one of these horses and uh, horses that are heavily parasitized, like your horse was that that you know you give them a wormer and then you see you know a bunch coming out. I think it's a good idea to go ahead and follow up on those horses. But mm-hmm. I think it's a good idea to just do fecal egg counts on every single horse every single spring. Okay, and you'll get sort of an idea of where you're at. And there's there's some thought out there that some of these horses in some places that have very, very low egg counts, those horses may be harboring a minimal parasite load that's 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 healthy for them. Basically their immune system is keeping this all in check without without a whole lot of help. And and so the concept here is is one of the animal's own immune system working to control things on his own without our help. For example, uh, we can pull blood on me right now and test it for influenza, and I probably have a reactive antibody titer. That doesn't mean that I'm sick. It just means that my immune system has reacted to this virus in the environment, and, and it's controlling it. And so there may well be some of these antibodies that build up inside the horse that keep some of this parasitism under control. I mean, if you if you opened up a horse and started doing cultures and, and cytologies and all of this kind of stuff of all the different bugs that we know exist, it would drive you nuts. I mean, there's so much stuff going on on the inside of the horse, and yet they tend to survive despite our best efforts to kill them with drugs, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so if we're looking at the overall thing, like, okay, so this, this horse that I have that came up with the worms is a, a two-year-old filly. She's, she moved from Arizona to here. She's been regularly dewormed and vaccinated and, and had, you know, always been taken care of. Um, number one, how did she get them? And number two, how can, how can we, how can we practice good husbandry? How can we keep, these horses from getting worms. 
Well, you can't. So don't worry about it. Okay. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's, 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 that's the bottom line. And again, you know, you got to remember, okay. I mean, these guys have been around for a long time and, and they probably were created just about the same time that parasites were created. And they have lived in sort of a, I wouldn't, wouldn't call it symbiotic because I can't, I don't know what course is benefiting from it, but I mean, they have lived, they have coexisted fairly successfully over several thousand years and millions or however long you've been here. So, but I think, I think it's important to understand that this is a fecal to oral transmission cycle. And so the, the larvae and the eggs get passed out in the, in the droppings and then they can lay in the soil or, or in the, in the fresh green growing grasses, which is where the small strongels come from in the spring. And so, you know, just think about hygiene, just good housekeeping, you know, keep your pens clean. And, uh, and, and even in, in larger paddocks that you can't really keep clean, if you can just drag them, you know, just break up those manure piles and expose them to the sunlight, UV is, is, a, is a pretty good disinfectant. And oh, really? so just expose some of these things, suppose, expose some of these things to the sunlight, get them, break, get them broken up just with a drag. Uh, that'll go a long way towards doing that. So clean stalls and paddocks if you can. And then uh, go ahead and just get the horses tested. Probably in the spring is probably going to be the best time. And uh, but I, I think I think shotgun worming these things is uh, is is doing them a disservice. I, I can't I can't say this is the reason there is so much resistance to the anti-parasite drugs because we really don't know what causes the resistance. But I do know that there's a lot of resistance out there. And I do know that these things are basically neurotoxins. And so I don't know what they're doing to the horse. Probably not anything we can measure. But by the same token, I just don't think it's a good idea to be shoving something in the horse's face every, every six to eight weeks just because, you know, we read it in a, in a, in a magazine someplace that so we ought to do that. Right. I think we need to treat the horses, the, treat the horses that are affected. You know, and if, if a horse is ill, that's a whole different thing. Okay, if he's just really unthrifty and he's looking bad and he's got a bad hair coat, I mean, all those kinds of things, you know, I think we need to take a long look at some of these guys. And right. I think a lay count is the place to start, but there's also some blood tests that can give us an idea that this horse is systemically ill. And it may well be that the parasite is a, is a secondary problem. In other words, the horse's immune system is suppressed because of something else going on. Older horses that have Cushing's disease, for example. Okay, their immune system has been suppressed by lots of plasma cortisol, and so they're going to be the types of horses that get other things that's there, that are opportunistic invaders on top of this thing. So it's not, I wish there was just some one test or some magic wand that I could use that would, that would give me all the answers. Me too. I just go back to this thing of, of just, just remember, the horse has been here a long time. And they're doing really, really, really well. And no matter what we do, most of them are going to live anyway. Well, you know, what I heard is that Jamie brought her desert worms up to Oklahoma, is what uh-huh. I heard. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's pretty so, much yeah, what happened. We introduced a whole new species of worm into Oklahoma, thanks to Jamie, is what I'm hearing. Well, well, I, I, we can blame her. We can blame that. Right? <laughs> but I, you, just, you got you, you, you got to remember it's a fecal to oral transmission cycle. So they pick up the, the eggs and the larvae off the ground. And then it goes through the life cycle on, on the inside of the horse. And, uh, and ascrids, the roundworms, the big old spaghetti worms, those are generally uh, young horse problems. Okay, we don't see those in, in mature horses. But, uh, but, you know, the fact that you got rid of a bunch of them is a good indication that your, that your drug is working. 
So um, we're happy for that. But it's just this is going to be just one of those other another one of many things that we we're not going to be able to cure, quote unquote, but we can probably manage. I say mm-hmm. probably. But again, mm-hmm. this, this is on a case by case situation. I, I've seen horses in their 20s that uh, have never received a vaccine, have never received a warming preparation, have never had a physical exam until they got really sick and I came out to look at them. And they did, they did really fine. We don't when recommend kid, that, people. We don't recommend that. No, 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 we don't. No, we don't. But it, 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 is, it is truly amazing at how well these guys do on their own. Yeah. And, well, and, so uh, that, that, that's, but, just, that's just what I, I, just, I keep, you have to keep, have to keep, have to go back to that. That's what I'm talking about. Right. Right. Well, the take home is clean your pastures, Glenn. Do you, you yep. know, do some fecal egg counts in the spring, get an idea of what your horse is yep. shedding and, um, don't, don't move a desert horse to Oklahoma because then they pick up all these nasty ass worms. <laughs> I didn't bring them. They were here. Oklahoma worms. <laughs> Well, they're here. Well, they're sure here now, aren't they? Yeah, right. right. They're dropped all over the pasture. Good times. All right. Thanks, Dr. Siemens. Your book is Never Trust a Sneaky Pony and Other Things They Didn't Teach Me in Vet School. Your website is cornerstoneequine.com. And that's only one E between Cornerstone and Equine. All that's committed to memory because that's how big a fan I am. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You're just so so good to me, Jamie. I really appreciate (laughs) it. Thanks, Dr. Siemens. We'll talk to you again soon. I actually think you owe her a bill for about $4,000 that you haven't sent her yet. (laughs) Oh, no, no I've, I've never dated her, so I can't send her a bill. <laughs> Thank you, Doctor C. That's, 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 that's close circuit. That's close circuit between me and Jamie. <laughs> Hang up. Hang up. Bye, Doctor C. Bye. Bye. You know what? I got enough vet bills just being me. Okay, I don't need more phone vet bills. All right, we need to take a quick break here. We're going to come back with Justine from Heels Down. We're going to be talking about riding through anxiety, and then we're going to be talking about Valentine's gifts. I I took, you know, the gifts you had, the under $10 ones. I went the other direction, so we'll talk about some of those too. Uh, But first, let's hear from our friends at Ovation, and then we're going to play a Jared Rogerson song that apparently some people in the auditor group thinks it's their favorite, and that's Ode to Ibuprofen. So we'll be back in just a minute. Horse people know that they can count on Ovation's value, quality, and style when it comes to hard-wearing schooling attire, affordable show gear for horse and rider, or top-of-the-line equipment for riders at every level. From breeches to bridle work, saddles to stock ties, helmets to half chaps, Ovation is the premier brand of riding apparel and equipment for you and your horse in the United States, outfitting riders at every level from head to toe. Ask for Ovation brand riding helmets, breeches, and footwear at your local tax store. Or go online to OvationRiding.com and see the fantastic variety of quality, fashion-forward, affordable products from Ovation. OvationRiding.com like a good time Just as much as the next guy But I don't need artificial thrills Let me tell you how I Got this black eye The other day I got bucked off I got 
Hung up and drug around a little Ibuprofen turned my frown Upside down I'm talking Ibuprofen will get you through those days Ibuprofen will help you feel your rage So here's to knowing Less broken with just a little ibuprofen. Those Olympians win gold medals because they eat fortified cereal, but the breakfast of rodeo champions is fortified at Bill. And you can tell if they're really wise. Cause they'll grab a bag of ice before they ride and spread it out and put it on from head to toe. Makes you ready to go and take some ibuprofen to get you through those days. Ibuprofen will help you feel more age. So here's to knowing. Feel less broken with just a little ibuprofen guaranteed to not cause addiction. And you won't even need a prescription. No, you won't. Ibuprofen will get you through those days. Ibuprofen will help you feel your age So here's to knowing You can feel less broken With just a little Ibuprofen Yeah, I'm preaching about Something I know and This is my old tune Ibuprofen Gosh, he just writes songs that speak to me, Glenn. <laughs> oh, and I'll tell how you. How broken are you? <laughs> oh my God, I'm broken. I can't even lift my arms to type. I'm like having to type with my right fing- pinky finger because I started. Lucas takes karate. Uh, he's the cutest thing ever in his little karate outfit. I five saw and a half. I look so cute. And so at the same time as the karate, there's a. A workout class, uh, I'm sorry, a kickboxing class for adults. And it's at the exact same time. And there's some parents that sit and watch their child for an hour do karate. Yeah, that's not going to be me. No, that's ridiculous. So I signed up for the kickboxing class. And I took my first one on Tuesday, on Monday. And I I might die. (laughs) (laughs) Ibuprofen has been my best friend. And so the classes are Mondays and Wednesdays. So I have another freaking class tonight to take it. And everybody in there has been doing it for years. Like I got a round of applause for being the new guy. Um, And they were like, listen, you're going to think you're going to be dead, but you have to come back on Wednesday. Otherwise you'll be sore forever. Just got (laughs) to come back. You got to do it. I'm like, I'll be there. And then I walk out to Chad who's watching karate. And I was like, I think I'm going to throw up. (laughs) (laughs) 
I need to sit down. <laughs> I am not the most in shape individual, uh, but it was really, really fun. Um, but things, a lot of things hurt right now. Um, and I'm supposed to go to California tomorrow to flag is up. So we'll see how I do. They're going to be like, why are you limping? <laughs> and I'm trying to teach join up to a bunch of veterans. I, I don't know. It's just, this going to look bad. Well, while you know, it's going to look bad. While we're waiting for Justine, what are you doing in California? Oh, I am going to do the horse sense and healing clinic to help out with, um, and, and hopefully, uh, receive a certification to be able to help the veterans here in Oklahoma, because there's a lot of veterans here in Oklahoma. There's a base close by. Um, so you take the, the kind of what I'd say, similar thing that we did with the kids when I went to California to do the lead up is you take, um, veterans and first responders and some of them have some traumatic uh, stuff, you know, in their past. And so you teach them about join up and you teach them to trust a horse and that the horse will trust you. And it's a, it's, you teach them kind of like, you, you don't teach them, you show them how, and you let them come to their own moment with the horse. And, and I I've helped out in a couple of them and it is very powerful stuff that you can achieve. Uh, guess what? You guys, horses are great therapists, uh, shocker. Um, but th- so that's what we're going to, we're going to show them, uh, these guys and, and women that have never been around horses that have traumatic things that they've been involved in. And we're here to, to let them learn about connection with a horse. Very good. Well, you know, uh, I've seen, Obviously, we watch all the news that comes out, and there are a ton of these programs popping up for veterans. And so great, all of them, you know, hands down, you're hearing good things come out of them. So, oh, yeah, that'd be neat if you could do that in Oklahoma. Well, that's what I hope to do. I st- I, I'm still uh, doing paperwork and all that to get certified to work with the at risk youth here. Um, but it's definitely something that you know, I didn't, I didn't think that that would be what I would want to do with my certification because I love training horses. It's my favorite thing, but making the connection to the humans really was a, something that surprised me. You know, Debbie Lauks, Monty's daughter, she knows what she's doing. She's like, we just need you to come help. Mm-hmm. And then like, Oh, she knows what she's doing, man. She's like, and she's just slick need too. You. She'll sneak she's it in. Slick. You won't even know what she's doing. She's slick. Like she's the one who made me get certified and she planned this years ago. I didn't even know. Well, (laughs) you know what? She grew up with like 40 brothers and sisters. So she had to be pretty slick Mm -hmm. to get, you know, get anything done. (laughs) Yeah. And here I am like, I'm going to fly out to California and and work with humans and not horses. Uh, But, you know, it's all connected. It just, it's all connected and it's all uh, makes you feel proud to do what you're doing, you know, to make a real difference. Those kids that we worked with, I'll never forget the the feelings that I got from watching them come to these connections. And, and it's going to be equally as interesting to, to watch the humans. So I'm excited. Well, uh, speaking of which, speaking of humans, uh, we, um, the movie, the Mustang, remember it's about the prison program. This was the one that was directed by, um, crap, lost his name. The big movie star. I'm not quite sure where you're going. Okay. But is this the one that was filmed at Carson yes. City? Where, yes. Where Zeus and Thor both came yes. from. Yes. And I'm trying to remember the name of the director and I can't, or the producer, Robert Redford. 
is the producer, oh. remember? He and uh, this movie is coming out starting this month. So it's going to be in select theaters across the country. It's called The Mustang. Really? Yes, and it's coming out in select theaters across the country. We're trying to get somebody on from the movie, and uh, Jennifer's working on that now. I said, can you get Robert Redford? And apparently that's probably not on the list. He's booked. Yeah, we can He's try. I mean, we can hope. It's called TheMustangFilm.com. That's where you can see the theaters where it's coming out right now. Is it in Oklahoma anywhere I will drive? All I'm seeing right now is California, but that's the only list they sent me, so you you have to go check on the website. Um, But it's going to be all over the place, and hopefully we can get somebody on from the movie, but that's where you got your horses, so that's kind of cool. So there's a connection there. Well, let's get Justine on here. It looks like she's here now, so we can add her in. We're going to talk a little bit about riding with anxiety, which, of course, none of us do, or have done in the past, and none of our listeners, certainly. Never been an issue. Justine! Hey! Hey, how are you? And, of course, Justine is with Heels Down. Happy hour. Hey, Justine! How are you? Good. So we have something special planned for you today, but first we have to talk a little bit about an article you guys put together. Sure, yeah. Um, I was hoping we could talk a little bit about anxiety, if that's okay. The day before Valentine's Day and I haven't gotten anything for anybody? (laughs) Yes, you can. (laughs) Okay. Um, So uh, on our last episode of the show, uh, Hills on Happy Hour, which is out now and you can listen to it on the Horse Radio Network, we had a really cool guest on the show her name was dr gabby ledger and she was a she's a psychiatrist from ontario and we discussed how to get over those show nerves or the anxiety you have before going over your first jump or all kinds of all kinds of anxiety and how it relates to horses um and we decided to talk about this because i interviewed kim severson who's a, a an olympic eventer um, she was the number one FBI ranked rider, uh, back in the early two thousands. And, um, she talked to me very openly about how, even though she's an Olympian, she still gets anxious. Like she told me about how she woke up on the morning of cross country day at the 2004 Olympics and wanted to just puke all day. Um, <laughs> can you imagine? I mean, the pressure of that moment. Oh, sure they, crazy. S- they say that when you are watching the, it, when they used to have the long format, there was a 10 minute box, a 10 minute hold before the horses would go out on cross country. And they said that it was just like puke fest. Just that you don't want to go in the 10 minute box. It's like a total puke fest. <laughs> yeah, totally. But it was so interesting how Kim, Kim opened up about that. Cause I, I felt like it made, it reminded me that, you know, these people that we watch ride and do these amazing things on horses are still human. You know, they still have human emotions and it still affects them, too. So that's mostly what we talked about on the show with Dr. Ledger. And she had some really wonderful tips on how to get a hold of it, of your anxiety and how to understand it and kind of ride past it. So it was a really, a really fun but really... Um, uh, it was a learning experience for me, you know, just having Dr. Ledger on the show. And uh, so what what did you learn? What was the was there one particular trick or? Uh, she just had really good tips. Like, I think things that most of us know in the back of our heads. But when you're feeling anxious, it's really hard to get past that. 
So like, say you're about to go into the ring and ride your dressage test and you get a little show nerves, you know, performance anxiety because you've got all those caddy rail birds sitting on the side of the ring, getting ready to critique you just like the judge is going to critique you. Right. So getting over that, uh, that that's something that affects me personally. When I go into the ring, I'm worried about what everyone else is, is thinking about uh, my, uh, you know, about my ride. And she had really helpful tips on, you know, just get out of your own head, take a deep breath. And ride like you know how to ride and focus on what you know how to do and just just ride your test as if no one else is there. Um, and, and sometimes I feel like you just need to hear that from somebody else to go, you know, you're right. That's exactly what I need to do. I don't need to pay attention to anybody else who's standing on the side of the ring. I just need to ride. You know, what's funny is that you mentioned all the, the rail birds sitting there and that never bothers me. Believe it or not, I really don't ever care what people think about me or, or say about me. That's very evident by the last nine years yeah. on this show. So. It's okay. absolutely true. And it is something that I had to overcome uh, long, a long time ago. But now, you know what gives me the anxiety before the dressage test is one word, test. What? It's oh, just okay. the word test. I just get so panicky about any kind of test. Uh, mm-hmm. Be it a book test. I just had to get the certification. I got all that. I had to do all these book tests. Just the word test. And if they could make it a, a dressage game, I'd be there like, cool. Let's change the name. <laughs> it's a test, damn it. <sighs> That's funny. But yeah, I think everybody has that. Or Kim was talking about how... When she gets really anxious, you know, in the morning across country or she just makes herself tack up the horse, get on the horse and go into the warm up. Because she said the second she focuses on something she knows how to do, which is riding her horse, um, those thoughts go away. She starts, you know, her body just sort of takes over and she starts riding like how she knows she's supposed to ride. And after she gets over that first jump, she takes a deep breath and she's focused. You know, it's kind of. The second she can focus and not pay attention to those anxious thoughts and feelings, they just leave her mind. I think, that's, I, was... I think that's true of anybody, right? Um, mm-hmm. So when we used to have the acting company, I used to get so nervous before we walked out on stage for the first time in front of four or 600 people. Uh, but once you walked out on stage, you were in the zone and that was it. You forgot all of it. You just get in the zone. And you exactly. hear that from so many like stand-up comics and stuff, too. They're all the same way. Mm-hmm. Um so I don't think it matters what you're doing, right? It's. Do you guys worry about forgetting the test, or is you practice it so often that you don't even think about that? Oh uh, God, you uh, go first. <laughs> uh, you know, you get in there and you practice it so much, and you practice pieces. You don't practice your whole test start to finish usually, because then your horse guesses things. And but what happens to me is I'll I have the test so well memorized that I'm halfway through and I go. Oh God, where am I? Wait, what part of what's next? Like, you, cause you, it's just a, like a routine that you go through and you're paying attention, you're riding and not so much where you're going. You're like, crap, where am I on this test? Okay. What, <laughs> what comes next? Yeah, I do that. What do you do? Uh, Justine? Well, I totally, I totally relate to your experience too. Cause it's, Obviously, when you're riding, you're doing a thousand things. You're trying to perform the movement that you're riding in that second, but then you're thinking about what's coming up, right? So right. sometimes sometimes I feel like when I ride a dressage test or even like a hunter course, I th- there are those moments where you go splat, where you have to go <gasps> and pick it back up and try to try to get through that part where you forgot. But um, most of the time, I, I feel like I feel comfortable that I'm prepared, that I know the, the course of the test before I go in. It's more just making sure I don't forget something small, like a lead change or um, the striding between the jumps, or you know what I mean? Or right. actually making sure I don't 
drift out of the corner or make it all the way to the letter that I'm supposed to get to. See, right? what we're what we're saying here, Glenn, is there is a hell of a lot of ways to screw up. And there's <laughs> exactly. only one way to do it right. And that one way to do it right is very evasive. <laughs> it's totally. hard. And that's the anxiety. So basically just have a drink before you ride. <laughs> that's right. There you go. Exactly. That's what I used to do before I went on stage. A strawberry daiquiri every time. Maybe two. Oh really? God, you're such a girl. <laughs> <laughs> Shot a tequila for Aventure's strawberry daiquiri for the king. That's right. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Justine, heels down. Happy hour. You can find it on the Horse Radio Network app or any place you find podcasts. Also, heelsdownmag.com. You can find it over there as well. Sign up for the daily newsletter. You guys still doing that? Still doing that. It's yeah. going strong. Good. Yeah. Terrific. I would well, like to point out that I went for a job interview with Glenn. And uh-huh. um, he flew me uh, into, uh, we were in Lexington, flew me into Kentucky, and they took me out to dinner. And they're like, what do you want to drink? And I'm like, I'll have a beer. And so I order kind of like a darker beer. I like some flavor to my beer. And and Glenn is like, what would you like, sir? I'll have a strawberry daiquiri. And can I get extra whipped cream and like two cherries <laughs> on top? That's right. I was like, is this for real? Is this guy? I hate on beer. It? And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> he, this guy and he probably thinks I'm this horrible weirdo ordering beer. A girl is ordering beer. And then I was like, whatever. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> and I got the job. That's so funny. <laughs> I like I my like, drink sweet. <laughs> Guy drinks. Oh my gosh, he drinks heartbreak daiquiris. Like it's not the alcohol that gets you, Glenn. It's the sugar rush you get. <laughs> totally. <laughs> That's so funny. I like champagne too. Also sweet. Uh, so there you go. Uh, <laughs> customers are expected this year to spend twenty billion dollars in the United States alone on Valentine's Day. That, I believe it. That is. Get this. Does your you do you have a boyfriend, a husband, or what, Justine? I don't remember. I have a husband. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Okay, so do, does either of your husbands spend one hundred and sixty-one dollars on you for Valentine's Day? Yeah. No way. That's the yeah. average in the United States. Do you want to know what we do for Valentine's Day? Yeah. Nothing. I'm like, if you buy me something, I will punch you. You can give me a card. That's as far as you can go. I think Valentine's Day is ridiculous. But that's <laughs> so, me. I feel loved every day. So I don't oh, look at day. you. No, so I'm my just, poor I'm husband like, yeah. has a has trouble. My birthday is the 12th. So my birthday was yesterday. Oh, well, happy so happy birthday. birthday. Thank you. But he's got my birthday and Valentine's Day in the same week. So... Ah. <laughs> um, so we don't really do much for Valentine's Day either. We usually, ch- but what we'll do is try to go out early for my birthday before the restaurants are crazy, well, you know, for Valentine's Day. Well, Justine, we're not doing anything for you either, for, or either one, <laughs> but I can do this for your birthday. Happy birthday, happy birthday, happy, happy birthday to you. So there you go. Aww. Happy birthday yeah, to you. Thank you so much. <laughs> All right. Thank so we're going we're gonna to play a little game here. And uh, I found some high-end things that you can get for your birthday. And you two have to respond with one word. I'm going to tell you what it is and how much it costs. And you tell me in one word what you'd rather have than this for that price. Okay? Do you follow along? So the first uh-huh. one is Hermes. Is it Hermes or Hermes? Hermes. Hermes. See, I can't even say any of these words. So that tells you how much <laughs> of this stuff I buy. So a Hermes, they make equestrian stuff too, don't they? 
Hermes so. is an yeah, they do saddles. And yeah, that's what like I thought. That. Their saddles like four million dollars or something. It's a, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you can get a Hermes silk scarf for your loved one for two hundred dollars. Jamie, in one word, what would you rather have for two hundred dollars? Hey, I knew you were going to say hey. I just knew it. Justine, what's yours? Probably supplements. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All right. How about a wallet? This is a Hermes Kelly Classic Hermes. <laughs> Kelly Classic Wallet for $14,900. Jamie? Imported Irish Sport Horse. <laughs> okay. Ooh. Justine? A nice brand new horse trailer. <laughs> yeah, you could do that. Ours was about that price. Um, how about a, a key holder? This goes on your keychain, okay? It's a keychain thing, little bobble that goes on your keychain. By the way, it looks like a pair of handcuffs out of Fredericks of Hollywood. I'm just saying. Um, and it's uh, $1,250. Jamie? Off the track, thoroughbred. <laughs> it's about the right price, too. Yeah, Just- I'm going with pricing. I'm going yeah, with pricing. Yeah, There's a theme. Totally. Justine? I was thinking. A dressage saddle, even if a used one, you nice. know, a nice used one. Yeah. All right, there you go. Well, now, you guys aren't thinking big enough. Let's go to more expensive gifts. I went down a total rabbit hole this morning in on Google. So <laughs> how about a $340,000 pair of sunglasses by a company I cannot even pronounce the name. It's Chopard de Rigo. I have no idea. Uh, these are decorated with 60 grams of 24-karat gold. The arms contain dotted gold and 51 river diamonds on the wow. outside pieces. First of all, is, I forget glasses? Gla- sunglasses, Jamie, not just glasses. So I forget everything when I go to restaurants. Last year, I forgot my credit card twice. I've forgotten glasses, coats, everything else. I would leave these the first time I take them out. <laughs> on the restaurant table, and that would be it. So $340,000. Yep, for a pair of sunglasses. I'd like a house. That's yes, not you need a house. You do need a house. <laughs> Oh my goodness. I think I would I would just take the sunglasses. They've got to be like amazing, right? <laughs> for that price. <laughs> you know you'd leave them at the barn and you'd never see them again. <laughs> Probably. Here's, Here's a what happens to me is I put my glasses on my head and then I look up and they fall off the back onto the ground and yeah. then they break. Yeah, and you're yep. and then uh, one of the horses would step on them and that would be it. <laughs> so, <laughs> how about eight? No, you guys are going to laugh at this one. It's a $600,000 pen, a writing instrument, a pen. It's a limited edition mystery masterpiece pen. And it is decorated with 840 diamonds and contains more than 20 carats of gemstones of your choice, such as emeralds, diamonds, or sapphires. Wow. <laughs> Again. I feel like that would be uncomfortable to actually write with. Yeah, it'd be poking you, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Leave indentations as you're trying to write. <sighs> Am I supposed to come up with something that's $600,000 that, to have instead of this? No, so? that's okay. You don't have to, because we're getting even more ridiculous. How about a $20 million watch? This is made by Chopard. Uh, it's a 201-carat watch that runs $20 million. Now, it's not an ordinary watch, which you would hope it wouldn't be. Does it fly? <laughs> It's decorated, get this, with 874 diamonds in very unusual colors. Now, I always thought the uh, colored diamonds were, like, worth nothing. But um, it gives it a spectacular look. And it's also loaded with a spring-loaded mechanism on the watch. So heart-shaped stones open like a flower to reveal the dial. 
Oh, and oh, it's... go gadget watch! And then <laughs> you shoot up in the air and you like fly everywhere. It comes out of a big hat, right? I love the last line of this, and it tells time too. So, oh there's... my gosh! <laughs> I don't want to have to press a thing to open the watch every time I want to see the time. Right? I don't no, care. Just look at your cell phone to find out what time it is. <laughs> okay, these two. Let's see if either one of you are interested in this. How about a Bugatti Chiron? It's a $2.1 million car. It has a 16-valve engine with quad turbochargers, good for 1,500 horsepower. It can reach 240 miles an hour and will do 0 to 60 in two seconds. Wow. Oh, my God. Okay. So that something's making more sense to me. There was a very, very, very fancy warm blood that somebody had sent Monty to train in California. I mean, and these were like, very famous people and they had sent this very very hot warm blood but was amazing and guess what the warm blood's name was bugatti, bugatti. yeah well there I you mean, go it all makes sense now <laughs> did he go That's fast so or was he really slow let's just say that he went any direction you did not want him to go <laughs> <laughs> you know i imagine a car with 1500 horsepower is going to do that too yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> you better be ready <laughs> all right i have one more for you guys instead of a thing this is an experience all right this is one day now you can do this package it's offered by the five-star shangri-la hotel in abu dhabi it's their exclusive Ooh. package for valentine's day this year i won't yes. tell you the price until the end it starts with a private limousine pickup where the guests are whisked off to the hotel to an exclusive Exquisitely decorated presidential suite, including fresh flowers, premium gourmet chocolates, and the finest finest vintage champagne on ice. It's followed by pampering spa treatment called Indulgence of Time, which includes an exfoliating and cleansing caviar facial. What? I know. Wow. What I They're going to put caviar in your face. I don't know if I want fish eggs on my face. Let's just start there. <laughs> I don't know. Would that be anti-vegan if they put them on your face? It can't be. I think so. (laughs) Yeah. After that, you move on to dinner, which is a private rooftop dinner with seven courses uh, accompanied by a selection of specially chosen vintage wines and bubbles. Dinner consists of personalized dishes as well as indulgences such as caviar, oysters, and other French delicacies. Not to mention, you'll be entertained. Get this. So you're picturing a romantic dinner that you're spending tons of money for on the top of this hotel in Abu Dhabi. What do you expect to be entertained by? Uh, Beyonce. <laughs> Close. <Yeah. laughs> so you're saying a musician, maybe, right? Yeah. No, it's music. no, it's a magician. Terry <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. Fatour. <laughs> oh, and oh then after dessert, you get to exchange gifts with they have bought for you, so you can exchange with each other. And finally, the night comes to an end with a romantic nighttime helicopter ride across the city before returning to your suite. All for a mere how much? Two million. That's my guess. You're actually too you're too high. It's only four hundred thousand dollars for your night of luxury. That's a deal. Wow. <laughs> and I I was into it until they got to the caviar. Yeah, on, on your face. Other than that, I I would I would take. I could handle the magician. So. <laughs> you know what? Put that caviar on a cracker and we'll talk. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So there you go. If you're looking for something expensive to buy, there there's some options for you. That is a bargain. That is a bargain. If I had to pick one, <laughs> I would definitely take the car. 
if I had to choose one, I think I'd pick the car. I want the pen. <laughs> <laughs> I would still take the trip. Sunglasses. Yeah, she wanted the sunglasses to use on I her like trip. The sunglasses too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would leave them at the restaurant on the trip. <laughs> Do you know what? You know what? I'll just take the hay. <laughs> <laughs> stick with my original <laughs> alright guys that's it for today thank you Justine for hanging out with us and talking about Valentine's Day and, and happy Valentine's Day to you both happy birthday and thank happy you. birthday so we'll be back uh, tomorrow it is Mary Kitzmiller and Jennifer will be here and then Friday we'll have a best of episode because Jamie is flying and I'm going to be down in, at the Miami Boat Show actually um, we'll be doing a Finding Florida episode down there and apparently they're going to be teaching us how to drive a boat we get a lesson you know at the Miami Boat Show what is worse Justine than going and riding in a dressage test that you are not quite sure you know being on a boat that's worse <laughs> It's a little so boat. En- it's fine. Enjoy that. It's a little boat. <laughs> Although we apparently they have some of the most expensive yachts in the world you can tour. So I'm looking forward to that. They that still sink. <laughs> You're not going on the cruise next year either, Jamie? Not doing it. Okay. All right. Well, thanks, Justine. Heels down happy hour. We'll see you all tomorrow. All right. Spade, Nerd, Gallup, everybody. Bye. <laughs>